Thank you again, Greg and Shannon, for this beautiful worship. Let me read God's word to you today as we prepare ourselves for God's message in our hearts. Let's say the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to read today verses 1 to 11. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. And thus say the word of the Lord. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and once you will find a donkey tried there, with her colt by her, and tie them, and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed the cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, so much for this word, this beautiful passage that speaks to us. Father, today we thank you for the blessing that we have in technology, that we can minister to one another, not only via phone calls and, and via emails, but we can hear your word via this technology. We thank you, Father, that you made this available to us. We pray for this pandemic. We pray for those who are at home. But today we pray that your word would speak to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a beautiful passage, a passage that speaks to us not only about the heart of God, but also the heart of Jesus, to be a servant, to be a king, unlike any other king that the people of Israel has ever encountered. Well, today's passage, we read about the interesting manner for which Jesus entered. And the one thing we see that God is doing is that things may happen to fulfill God's will. When we look at our lives and we see things happening beyond our control, when we look into our lives and we see that situations are happening that we do not know how to handle, many times it's easy for us to despair and, and wonder what's going on. But this passage tells us that many times things that may come in a different way, things that may happen in a way we do not expect, can still and may be God's will. Well, we see Jesus entering in Jerusalem in a cult. Now, many people would expect him to enter in a horse, a beautiful white horse, and we would expect him to enter with, with royal robes and, and a, a crown and a, se a scepter. But he entered sitting on a donkey. No one 
ever rides on a donkey. They ride a camel, they would ride a horse, but a donkey is not very comfortable. And it's not the kind of animal that gives any kind of prestige. It's something that Jesus did to identify with people. This passage starts with Jesus asking his disciples to get these two donkeys. And when they bring them, Jesus says that this took place to fulfill what has been spoken by the prophet. And we read in Zechariah 9.9, and it's here also in Matthew 21, verse 5, Say to the daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a donkey. Now, two words here. The first one is gentle. This is not a king that's coming in with power, with a crown and with a scepter. This is a king that's coming in a gentle way. This is not a king that's coming with power and, and with might. He's coming gentle. And then he tells us that he's coming on a donkey. What is very interesting is that Jesus asks them to bring out these two donkeys. Now, the owner may have protested and said, wait, 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 what are you doing with taking those two donkeys? Those are mine. And the disciples were instructed to say that their master needed them. That was enough for them to let those donkeys go. So we see here that God had a plan and he had a will for them. And the expectations that people had were fulfilled by Scripture, not from what they wanted. But it all begins in servanthood. You know, that was the point. The point wasn't for Jesus to, to show himself as being better or more significant or holier than anyone else. The point was that Jesus was to have and represent the image of a servant. The word servant was the word dolos, which is the same word for slave. Now, they did not differentiate between a slave and a servant. And a servant, or this word means being controlled by someone or something. Being controlled by something or someone. So who was Jesus being controlled by? Who was he serving? What was his controlling force, let's say? It was the Holy Spirit. It was God's will. And God's will is what led him through those streets on a donkey. This wasn't his will. It was his Father's will. And he prayed that God's will will be done. This week, Jesus would go back to a garden and pray again. But when we see that he comes in as a servant, we see him being different from today. We see him acting a different way than leaders act today because he didn't come for the glory. He didn't enter for the prestige. He didn't go into Jerusalem for the acclamation. He went because this week, will prove that truly he is the king. Today, we see many serving. And I am so thankful for all these first responders that are still 
in the front lines, let's say, of the hospitals and of the health care. We see them dealing and, and treating and caring for people who have this virus, knowingly aware that they may bring it home to their own families. But yet, they are essential and they are serving us today. We also see them serving us in, in the supermarkets and in the restaurants. And these people who are serving us today, they could be home, but they're serving us. And this is the heart of leadership that Jesus was speaking about. When he entered, he came in to serve. And there's honor and there's glory in serving. And today, we honor those who are serving us while we are taking care of ourselves not to spread this virus. We want to honor those who are essential, who are serving. So Jesus did so. So when we look into this passage, what are we to do? Very simple. We are to embrace the unexpected. How often do we think that because something unexpected happened is something that is against God's will? How often do we look into a situation and think, oh, how did this happen and how am I going to deal with this? So when we expect the unexpected, when we expect that God's going to work in a way that is perfect for him, even though we may not understand at first, we realize that God's will is always better. They expected a horse and saw a donkey. They realized that Jesus was just like them, was someone who they could identify with. So when we expect the, and embrace the unexpected, we see God changing our attitude. Because our attitude dictates how we're going to approach many situations in our own lives. Often, have we faced disappointment and betrayal? How often have we felt that something that we wanted to happen in one way didn't? And we blame God or, or blame others. And yet, we see sometimes years later or a while later that God worked in that, own, that same situation for His glory. And this is what we read in this passage that God worked through this situation to minister to the people, to the crowd that was waiting, to the crowd that was looking for Jesus. Because the unexpected, later on they realized, oh, he is a king of a kingdom unlike any here on earth. He is the king that died for my own sin. He is the king that was just like me. He wasn't better or worse than me. He's a king that I can relate to. And that's why it's so important that we embrace the unexpected. Because God is at work no matter how we expect things to work. We have to have trust and faith that he is. And we have also to consider the cost. You know, there are 89 chapters in all four Gospels. 89 chapters. 29 of those, absolutely one-third of those, are devoted to this week of Jesus' life. The week that started on Sunday 
and, and goes through the Passion Week, is what we call it, until next Sunday at Easter. This is the most difficult week of Jesus' life. He spent three years with his disciples preparing them for this week. But when we consider the cost that Jesus had, we realize that this may not have been a happy occasion for Jesus. He would realize that soon he was going to enter the temple and he would challenge the status quo of those who were selling things in a temple. He would defy the Pharisees. He would be arrested, betrayed by one of his own. He would have gone to trial, being flogged. And then the people who were shouting Hosanna, the people who were shouting, blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord, would be the ones crying out, crucify him. They would be the ones that would place him on that cross. This is not a happy week for Jesus. Consider the cost. Because Jesus did this, not for his sake or because his father willed it. He did it because I was worth it. Because you are worth it. He did it because he knew that he was the only one that could give his own life, that we may have eternal life. He would be the only one that could give his own life so we wouldn't lose ours. He is the only one who could bring salvation. That's why this is so important, that we understand that what we expect from our faith or from our life or from our or from our expectations, this is the cost that Jesus paid for us. Do you think he expected this? No. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane later this week and said, Father, please take away from me. And then he said, but your will will be done. He did not want this. What he wanted was to save the world no matter the cost. So as we think and celebrate this beautiful moment of Palm Sunday, Hosanna, blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. I do have a challenge for you this week. And the challenge is that Sunday is coming. Throughout the week, you're going to read about the passion. You're going to be reminded of the Last Supper, of Good Friday, of the day He is on Calvary, on a day He is nailed to the cross. But we should be reminded that Sunday is coming. And as we celebrate Sunday, we celebrate that there is something very beautiful. On that Palm Sunday, people kept shouting out, Hosanna, blessed is he 
who comes in the name of the Lord. So today, we are mindful of that name, the name of the Lord. I'm going to pass now to Shannon and Greg, and after their song, I will return and conclude with a prayer and benediction. Well, thank you so very much, Greg and Shannon, for this uh, beautiful worship. May I pray with you, Father, we thank you for this beautiful time in which we can gather together in our different rooms, and we pray that you would bless us and that you guide us in all things, and that today we are mindful of who you are and what you have done for us. We pray these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. May God the Father, who created each and every single one of you, his Son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for our sins. And may the Holy Spirit be with you, not only now, but until he comes. May we see each other uh, through our hearts and our souls and connect with one another and love one another. Amen.